When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm. In the order it was received, please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible. We're continuing on our Chicago Bears Week 10 content as it's time for our weekly game preview episode as we aim to find out the answer to the question, can the Chicago Bears not drop four straight entering their bye week? I mean, you would hope so, right? I'm your host, Will DeWitt, here with me to discuss this upcoming divisional game as my co-host, Nicholas Moriano. Nick, a very big game this week. A loss here would put a ton of heat on this team that started 5-1, and one, but... Here we are, uh, another week where we're still kind of looking to stop the bleeding. How are you hanging in there? You know, I'm hanging in there, Will. I guess by the end of this episode, we will see where we're both thinking. Like right before we went live, we were both kind of thinking, what is each one of us thinking about in terms of this game? It is a big one. The Bears are on that losing streak like you just mentioned. But we'll talk about it in full detail, and we'll see where we're both at. Yeah, I'm really curious to how this is going to shake out. It's one of those games where the Vikings aren't really good at Soldier Field. Kirk Cousins has never won on Monday Night Football. Matt Nagy has never lost to the Vikings, yet I don't know. (laughs) So, like, all those sound great, um, but this is its own unique matchup uh, that we're about to uh, preview here. And, Nick, what's your just initial perception of the Vikings? For me, obviously, I think they're better than the record indicates. Uh, They're a team that figured out some – things right during their bye week they're executing it well and they kind of changed their identity uh, a little bit which is leading to some newfound success for them which I would say makes them at least going up against this Bears team dangerous but how about you what's your initial perception of the Vikings yeah this is a team that literally runs through Dalvin Cook and they should are the best running back in the league at this point the current NFL leading rusher Um, it's a team that when I look at it yes they kind of they the offense is going to be oriented around Dalvin Cook. That offensive line does some good things, and we'll talk about that as well. But it's still Kirk Cousins that, to to me, I think at, at times holds his team back. Like you mentioned, he's never won on Monday Night Football. We know how he performs 
in games against the Bears and how the Vikings just perform in general against Chicago. So it's uh, my initial perception of them is that they are definitely a better football team than the team that started this season 1-5, now being at 3-5 and five with these two past divisional wins against the Packers and Lions. So this is no easy matchup, man. It's a primetime matchup, and this is the Bears team we're talking about who are on a three-game losing streak. So it's going to be a tough one for sure. It feels like two teams trending in opposite directions, and uh, we'll talk about, well, rise of right now. We'll just jump into everything and uh, kind of preview this game and let's go ahead and begin with some of the news that we talked about during our post game show which is David Montgomery going into concussion protocol his status for Monday's game it's still currently up in the air uh, when he left last week we saw a little bit more Cordero Patterson we saw Ryan Nall get involved uh, Artavius Pierce he had a, a snap or two and don't forget we do have Lamar Miller kind of sitting on that practice squad still I'm curious Nick uh, in your opinion what should the Bears do at running back and on top of that, too, with the offensive line where it's at, does it even matter? Yeah, well, I mean, I think the second part of that question doesn't even matter. I don't think it does. Like, you can get Artevis Pierce more implemented into the game plan, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to have success. Or even if you were to activate a Lamar Miller, which the Bears haven't done up to this point, it doesn't guarantee that this running rushing attack for the Bears will be substantially better, even gradually better than what it's been the past three weeks. They have a total, Will, in these three losses, just looking at each game, 49 total rushing yards against the Rams, 96 against the New Orleans Saints, and then 56 against the Tennessee Titans. Yet to break 100 yards in any of those games, and they haven't broken 100 yards rushing since week three against Atlanta. So it's been a struggle, even with David Montgomery, and I think that all goes back to the offensive line, which will, of course, be a focal point. Um, Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. In this episode and everyone going forward, but I really don't think it matters well. Like, they can bring Pierce and, or Miller, and I think we'll just see a lot of the similar results. It might help with in terms of workload, uh, maybe to keep guys healthier if you split up the carries, but it, in terms of production... I don't think it matters. Now, Cordero Patterson said today that he's the next man up if Montgomery is unable to play. To me, I feel like if you just take all of Montgomery's targets, touches, and you move him over to number 84, I think that's a mistake. Uh, I don't, again, he's not getting uh, a lot of impact with his touches so far this season. Patterson's not. And if you continue to feed him, I just don't think it's going to change much of anything. Would you rather them give those touches to Patterson, give them to Nall, or try out a Pierce. For me, I've been adamant since, I was going to say preseason, but we didn't have a preseason, so the close training camp that I was a real big fan of Pierce. He's here. He was on the practice squad for a while. I think he's your next best true running back that's on the active roster. Again, Lamar Miller, he's on the practice squad, not activated. I know his injury and his recovery seems to be in a good spot. They like where he's at. They believe he is getting healthier each and every week. 
but we can't say if he's ready or not. We haven't seen a practice. We haven't seen him lined up or even in a Bears uniform yet. Um, so what would you do if you were the Bears in terms of if Montgomery can't go? And again, it may not matter with the offensive line, but how would you kind of sp- you know spice up the touches? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question, Will. I think with, with Patterson, too, let's say he is the number one guy and you do just treat him as if he was a David Montgomery I guess you lose that that element of surprise, which really isn't there when he's in the game anyway, because you're not using him as frequently as you would be with a David Montgomery. So you would, I think, the best situation for the Bears is to actually split it up and get Pierce more involved in this game. So at least the defense has somebody else to kind of look into homework-wise. Like, hey, who's this Artivers Pierce guy? Like, how do they even use him? What what is he good at? If he's in the game, let's say next to a Cordero Patterson. Well, are those two guys that can go out for passes as well? I think it just gives a defense, even if he's not going to play a major role in the offense, another thing to think about. So I would split it up. Definitely don't give it all to Cordell Patterson. Like you mentioned, Will, he hasn't done much with the carries that he's gotten this season. Didn't all show anything in garbage time? That I mean, again, he had some production, but I take it with a whole bottle of salt uh, just because of where that game was at at the moment. Uh, Again, he had a touchdown. He had some decent yards, but I don't think if a defense was keying in on him or if he was getting meaningful touches, I would we would see anything like that. Yeah, no. I, I mean, honestly, when it gets to that garbage time with the Bears, and they've had a you know multiple times this this season where they pick up yardage and even score, I really don't even put some too much weight into that. And even Nagy has said that in the past, like, well, this is not even something we can look into for to be beneficial. Um, it, it was nice seeing it for him personally to get that touchdown, but I'm not going to let that dictate like, oh, maybe look what he did in garbage time. We need to play Ryan Nall more. Definitely not. So for me, it's just, yeah, he did it, which is great, but definitely not a indicator like he should be in the game because of what he did in garbage time against the Tennessee Titans. For sure. Let's go ahead and move over to the passing game real quick because we should talk a little bit about Nick Foles. He had his first 300-yard passing game. He didn't have an interception last week, although we can be honest, a few of those throws were lucky didn't go into the hands of uh, the Tennessee Titans last Sunday. And a lot of that production, too, did come yet again, unfortunately, in garbage time. Uh, The Vikings, though, on defense, fairly average against the pass this year. They've actually allowed the fifth-highest passer rating on the season at 105.1, the third-most passing yards per game at 287, and they're uh, allowing, I think, almost three passing touchdowns per game over the last three weeks. So, again, in theory, offenses, and maybe that's the key word, offenses, and we don't have one here in Chicago, should be able to pass the ball um, against this defense. So taking all of this into consideration, what are realistic or even more reasonable expectations for a Nick Foles? You know, well, with this offense, I don't know what even expectations should be. What Maybe one less three and out? Like maybe we should take away the, the negative things because that's where we should start with this Bears offense. But what I look at in terms of what Nick Foles was able to do last week and even what he did last time he played the Vikings, which was in the NFC Championship game in 2017, I think if the Bears kind of look at that game model and just implement some of the things like RPOs, like, well, we, I think when Matt Nagy was hired, like we were expecting to see more of these RPOs. And even with Nick Foles, he can operate them. We, I don't think we even see that at this point. So I think if you implement some of those things and put that with... I guess the quote-unquote 
good game that Nick Foles has statistically, which I don't think it was a very good game by Foles against the Titans. I think you could build off of that against a defense like you just mentioned. It's giving up a good chunk of yardage through the air. Again, will the Bears' offensive line allow Nick Foles to actually make the right read, to get to the right number right, the right progression, and actually deliver a throw? I don't know, because I saw a skittish and kind of hesitant Nick Foles against the Titans, even when he did have some times, which weren't very frequently, to be completely honest, but he doesn't trust the offensive line well, so it's hard for me to put reasonable expectations for Nick Foles when he just doesn't have the confidence like I just watched the the NFC Championship game just to just to see what Nick Foles looked like. Man, he he was dropping dimes and just looking so good. But there was there was a sense of confidence that like when he dropped back and he just planted that foot and delivered a ball. I haven't seen that here in Chicago, and I really think it is. Again, there's probably a multiple factor, but the offensive line in front of him is not allowing him to do that. But if he can get even a shell of that that version of Nick Foles, what the Bears were probably anticipating then you can maybe raise those expectations. But for right now, Will, they're pretty low, even given that the Vikings defense isn't what it was even you know two years ago. It doesn't have the same number of players on it. Yeah, it's going to be tough, I think, for this offense. Again, uh, games, Brandon would say it way back in the day, you know, won or lost in the trenches. And unfortunately, this offensive line is going to be tested yet again up front, and it may translate to a poor game from Nick Foles. My bigger question is if he's not going to have a lot of time, He's going to have to throw it short. Can the wide receivers, the tight ends, the running backs do something after the catch on some of these short routes? Uh, I saw against the Lions, Minnesota had some pretty decent open field tackling with the stuff that was underneath. Stafford had to push that ball downfield in order to get some of his yards. I don't know if we have that capability to consistently push it downfield. We don't have the time for those plays to develop. I don't know if the timing is even there between the quarterback and receivers. We just don't see it often enough. We see a lot of dink and dunk. I mean, he threw it 52 times last week, and obviously a lot of that was trying to figure out what a running game could look like through the air. Uh, we're going to probably see that again this week, and it really, to me, it's going to matter maybe not as much on Nick Foles, but also the playmakers and what they can do with the football in their hands. If they can gain some separation, whether that be – with your route running and you're getting in now your breaks or Matt Nagy schematically, you know, maybe some slight rubs and some crossing routes, which I saw Minnesota does a pretty good job of as well. Something like that, just to get, have a guy in the, in the lane of who's covering someone else to kind of have to work through the traffic. And maybe that'll help open up and get some guys and get some yards here um, against this defense, but how they've been playing more of that cover two and helping some of these, uh, corners as our guest told us with those safeties there's gonna be some real tight windows if they want to throw it down the field it's either gonna have to be right between the linebackers and safeties or the corners and the safeties or underneath I don't know if they can push it so it's gonna have to probably go underneath and so to me may have to really depend on the playmakers more than Foles himself yeah well actually to build off of that so the playmakers for Chicago I just looked at uh, I was looking at a lot of the third down plays that the Bears were doing and obviously not very successful last week against the Titans. Um, but just looking at how the the routes were, I guess, played out, a lot of the, the routes were short of the third down marker. And you're kind of, you're wanting your playmakers to get yards after the catch. So I looked at Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller who were targeted on third down last week against the Titans. As good as Allen Robinson is, He hasn't been that good with the yards after the catch. He's ranked 52nd in the league with 174. Anthony Miller, who is tied for first 
with most third down targets um, this season, he's ranked 136th with yards after catch. And both of these, the routes that, um, like I, I mentioned, these notes on came with the route being short of the third down to gain. It was third and six. Anthony Miller runs a three-yard route. Uh, there's a third and eight-yard uh, play in the game against the Titans, and Allen Robinson ran a four-yard route. So you're really relying on these playmakers to get yards after the catch, but they both have a big good at it this season. So conceptually, the play just doesn't make sense because you're asking something out of your playmakers, which they're not, or they haven't proven this season that they're good at. So it's like we want that to happen, but they haven't proven it. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. And it just, that's why this offense, it, in the grand scheme of things, it's broken. So yep. that's that's what it all comes down to. And I just wanted to make sure I mentioned that before we moved on here. Yeah, no, absolutely. And again, we're all frustrated because these throws are ahead of the sticks. But that is by design. They are hoping for these receivers to have a step or two, catch it, and run. And unfortunately, all season, and maybe even going back to last year, as soon as the ball's in the receiver's hands, they're getting tackled. And they're not able to you know, fight through the contact. There's no blocking in front of them. So, again, broken is a, a great synopsis, I guess, of this offense. And unfortunately, I, again, uh, if it's the same thing and they're not in the Vikings are closing in a hurry like they did against uh, the Lions last week, it's going to be a lot of struggles again for this Bears offense. And speaking of struggles, just looking up front, we have to do it at least real quick. I don't know if we want to go crazy in depth uh, with the offensive line this week. We kind of know what we're going to get. Uh, in terms of quality of play, but we still don't know exactly how the starting five is going to look. Uh, that's because earlier this week, it seemed like Jason Spriggs was going to be back, but he didn't practice um, today. Uh, so I thought, hey, maybe we'll get him back at right tackle and then trying to figure out who would go where. You know, Maybe Sam Mustafer uh, can get healthy and go back to center. And again, a lot of uh, moving pieces again up front. But as of right now, Nick, I don't even know who's going to start up front, where they're lining up. If it's the same five that we saw last week in the same order, I'm worried. If they start jumbling people around and maybe we do get a Spriggs back, maybe I feel better about right tackle a little bit, but I don't feel anything, uh, you know, any better about some of these interior linemen um, as well. And it's just another rotation or another set of guys out there, and they're not able to get any consistency, any chemistry, and I just don't think it's going to, no matter what, it's going to be our liability. Yeah, absolutely. And even so, let's take Rashad Coward out of the equation and maybe, you know, Jason Spriggs does play. Like, even looking at the interior, watching the All-22, Will, you could find something on every single snap where these guys are just missing blocks. And, like, even Jermaine Effetti, who was the veteran of the group, right, that played last week for Alex Bars and also Arrington Hambright, the fourth and one, the fake toss to Cordell Patterson, he completely whiffs on a dive play. And there's other plays where I'm seeing the same problems where these linemen, when they're about to engage with the defender, whether they're moving up to second level or even with the initial guys on the defensive line, their head immediately goes down 
and that defensive line and that linebacker is saying, okay, you're, you're looking at the ground. I'm going to sideswipe you. I'm going to move you out of my way. I'm going to fill this gap, and I'm going to blow up this play. It seems like when I'm seeing the same problem from multiple different players in multiple different stages of their career, well, what does that come down to? Coaching. It has to. Like, what is being taught there to where when these guys get in these particular situations, they're all messing up doing the same stuff? And let me, I I don't want to say it's only that. It's mostly like missing hand strikes and things from Charles Leno Jr. So, Lots of things are going wrong on this. When one thing's going wrong, everything's going to start going wrong. That's what kind of happens. But, uh, yeah, just even if we, we – Rashad Coward's like the, the one guy that you could blame everything on because he hasn't played well. But interior-wise, I was almost more frustrated with how those three guys played. And I know, look, guys are making their first career starts and Alex Barr's first career start at center uh, and obviously Arlington Hambright. But, man, the, the mistakes just seemed – repetitive throughout those three guys and that's frustrating to see it really is and again it's coaching unfortunately it's all the moving pieces the guys are going from tackle to guard center to tackle it's just what's going on out there uh, everyone's playing uh, everywhere besides charles leno jr and jermaine effetti uh, they stay in their spots the other three it's it's almost like a weekly game of uh, musical chairs, and wherever the music stops is where you're going to end up starting on Sunday. And that's not any good, conducive way to even build any sort of progress up front. Uh, so I think guys are overthinking. Again, simplify, simplify, simplify. But even if you do, it's not going to even help too much because, again, strength-wise, they're always overpowered. And unfortunately, I think they're a step behind due to that, as well as just being mentally ill-prepared. So a lot of issues up front. I don't care who uh, the other three are, where they're lined up. I think everyone listening, Nick, you included, we're all worried. Uh, so we'll find out to see if they can do other things to uh, mitigate the damage or build some, uh, you know, just find a way to get away from it like they did early on in the game, moving the pocket, things like that. Maybe that'll help. But you can't do that all game long, and we saw the Bears really ditch that too, uh, unfortunately. So uh, we can talk about a million ways to perhaps do it, but who knows if they even could. So we're not going to waste all of our time on it. Just know it's, yet again, uh, something that could make or break uh, this entire game. Nick, before we move on to talk about this Bears defense, I know you have a, a little message from our friends over at Manscaped. Yeah, absolutely. So everybody listen up. Manscaped has a new product, and they just released it, the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer. Take a look into the mirror right now. I guarantee you'll see hair sticking out of places that really they shouldn't be. It's time to keep your ear and nose hair maintained and controlled like you do that area below the belt. We've all been there, whether you have to get ready quickly to go on on a date or meeting family or just going out for a casual drink. And you notice right before you're about to leave, hey, that nose hair is sticking out. There's ear hair where, again, it shouldn't be. So you decide, hey, let me go ahead and pluck that out with a pair of tweezers. It never works. You know that. Your eyes are watering. The nose hair, ear hair is still there. And you're just asking yourself, there has to be some better way, right? Well, with Manscaped, there is. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game. And it starts with their Weed Whacker, the premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotor rotary dual-blade system. And the nose hair trimmer is powerful. The only one on the market with a rechargeable lithium-ion battery that lasts up to 90 minutes. So if you have 
multiple nose hairs sticking out everywhere. Multiple ears hair. It's got 90, 90 minutes of use. I'm sure you can get it done with that. And so it's just time to upgrade your Manscaped routine with the Weed Whacker. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code TCA at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use the code TCA. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds. Good stuff there, Nick. Let's move on. Talk about this Bears defense. And it's another week of playing our favorite game. Can the Bears stop that running back? I swear, every single (laughs) week it's like, hey, you know what, Nick? We're going up against the NFL's leading rusher. And it's like, how can this happen almost each and every week? It's just two weeks in a row. But it definitely uh, feels like they've been tested in this regard a lot uh, this season. So last week, Derrick Henry came into town, or actually we went to his town, and we told him, or we showed him who is boss. They did a really good job against Derrick Henry last week. That was a mixture of good games from the defensive line, as well as linebackers Roquan Smith and Danny Trevathan. This week, another tall order in Dalvin Cook. He's been on a tear. Over 369 rushing yards and six touchdowns over the last two weeks. Dalvin Cook, he's also scored a touchdown in every single game this season. Nick, it's been a roller coaster of a year when it comes to this Bears run defense. Remember, too, Cook, he's never really had any big games against the Bears. Uh, on the ground, his best stat line was 39 yards on 11 carries. Last year, he had the best game against this defense, 35 yards on the ground, another 35 as a receiver. So the most Dalvin Cook's ever done against the Bears in a game is 70 total yards. But for me, Nick... I got real excited about what we saw against Derrick Henry last week. But here's our problem. It's the inconsistency because we see a really good game from the Bears' run defense. You and I get on here. We start high-fiving each other. We get a little smirk on our face like they're back. And then they really let us down hard. And I'm going to take a step back, learn a lesson, and I'm going to be cautious. Not cautiously optimistic. I'm going to just be cautious about Dalvin Cook this week. Just because he hasn't succeeded against us in the past, just because we're coming off a good game stopping uh, Derrick Henry, I'm not going to get my hopes too far up. I believe they can limit his effectiveness, but Nick, will they? That's a good question, Will, and I like the approach that you have for this because I was just about to tell you that the Bears have everything in place, and they actually do, but I think we should maybe lower expectations. But will they, Will? I'm going to save that for a little bit later in the show, but I'm going to tell you how they could. And it really starts with their two inside linebackers, Dan Trevathan and Roquan Smith. What I saw from them last week against Tennessee and why they were able to stop Derrick Henry leaves me feeling encouraged that they can have similar results, maybe even better, against Dalvin Cook and the Vikings on Monday night. They, to me, will. This is the group that I think probably since week maybe... We'll go even like two two or three weeks in a row now. This play, I think, is still ascending. And they are just playing downhill and fast. Like, at times when Derrick Henry got the ball, Roquan Smith was right there. Dan Trevathan wasn't far behind him. And so what I'm seeing out of those two guys, and even when gaps are, you know, opening, where maybe the defensive line doesn't do their job, these inside linebackers are there to fill it and then allow the other guy to kind of clean up. And that's what's really encouraging for this matchup against arguably the best running back in the league in Dalvin Cook. So it's going to be up to those inside linebackers to really, again, mitigate the damage that Dalvin Cook can do. And I like their chances in this one because they are playing some really good football, Roquan Smith and Danny Trevathan. 
Yeah, no, they really are. Uh, these linebackers, I mean, we were very excited about what we saw out of them over the last couple of weeks. Danny Trevathan, I know we were talking about Roquan, but Trevathan has been getting to his spot, to his mark, being real physical at the point of attack. And, again, he had a really good play in coverage, too, which going up against Alvin Cook, you better believe the Vikings are going to try to put him in a position in a matchup where he does draw Danny Trevathan, not always a Roquan Smith because Roquan, of course, is the better cover linebacker. So Detroit's – I mean Detroit, that's coming up soon. Minnesota's going to find a way uh, to get him on Danny Trevathan. So that's going to be a real sneaky uh, matchup to pay attention to. And even up front, I thought – McCullers, as we mentioned in the in the postgame show, he had himself a really strong Chicago Bears debut, uh, helping solidify that A-gap, really helping uh, corral. And what I liked from Derrick Henry, a lot of gang tackling. And Nick, and Nick, we haven't seen a lot of that this year. And so if they can do the same thing against Alvin Cook, who where, you know, Henry's the bruiser. Dalvin Cook, he's more slippery, but also he can lower the shoulder too and run over guys. A uh, lot of challenges, but... We'll talk about it. I think we have a couple more segments where we're going to talk about this uh, throughout. So we'll talk about can the Bears do it. But I think, like you said, there are definitely ways to do it. And it's hopefully uh, the success last week can transfer over because that's been kind of hard for the Bears to do so far this season when it comes to their run defense. And on top of that, Nick, just looking at the defensive line, we're also now without Roy Robertson-Harris. His season is over with a shoulder injury that will require some surgery. And I say lucky for us, the defensive line, a very deep group for the Chicago Bears. They also added another body, Anthony Rush. He has 14 tackles and 13 career games. For me, Nick, I don't know if the impact of the loss of Roy Robson-Harris or even this addition will be huge, but I think it'll have some effect. I'm curious, Nick, what's your just confidence in this unit without Roy Robson-Harris? It's worth noting uh, he didn't play last week, uh, and he averaged about one tackle per game this season. He th- hasn't had a sack yet. One tackle for a loss this year. I know he's had some key quarterback hurries and quarterback hits, um, but he hasn't been like you know blowing up the stat sheet or anything like that. And obviously for uh, Anthony Rush, I'm going to keep my expectations at a bare minimum. Um, but just thoughts about this subtraction and this addition, and if it's going to have any impact. I don't know if I want to say this week, but just I guess looking at the season in general. Yeah, you know what? I'm actually going to go with the guys that are already currently on this team, and Daniel McCullers is a guy that. You know, rewatching more of the tape, he he did some good things in terms of just not giving ground, which you can't say has been a strength for some of these defensive linemen this season, for Bilal Nichols or even a Roy Robinson Harris. Um, there was a play where the the run is intended to go through the B gap, well, and McCullers isn't giving the Titans the B gap at all. It does, the B gap doesn't exist because McCullers is six foot what six three hundred fifty pounds, so. Uh, Derrick Henry can't run that way and those linebackers I was talking about kind of clean up what should have been or could have been a successful run for the Titans so I like that but Brent Urban has been playing some sneaky good football all season like he he consistently will make a play in every game it's not something big but there are times where I'm like man Brent Urban he's tackling Kamara uh, before he's able to get the screen, or right when he gets a screen pass, and that was one that kind of stood out. But there are a couple games where he's lined up next to Khalil Mack. That side you can't run on because it's due to what these guys are uh, being coached in terms of gap integrity and just making sure they're not giving ground. So I like the guys that they have, and if Rush can do something later on the season like you, I'm not going to expect anything this game against the Vikings, even though it is a later game on Monday night. But 
we've seen guys come in and kind of contribute its spurts and maybe that's what his role will be especially without a Roy Robinson Harris but I like what I've seen in the few snaps from Daniel McCullers and then also what I've seen all year from a Brett Urban and I hope that consistently you know stay well consistently stays consistent to be completely honest but um yeah in terms of Roy Robinson it's unfortunate for him he will the thing is how personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo advisors Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. He's going to get paid by somebody. And it's not going to be the Bears going into next season, which is unfortunate for the Bears. But they have some guys that can still do the job, which is should be reassuring, I think. I think it's just a testament. Again, there's a, there's some obvious weaknesses on this team, um, mostly on the offensive side that we already talked about. But this has such a deep defensive line unit. I mean, the fact that you're talking about plays from Brent Urban uh, early on in the season, Amir Abdullah, you also have in – of course, uh, you talk McCullers who comes in, and then we haven't even talked about Akeem Hicks and Bilal Nichols, like the starting guys up front. Uh, so there's a lot of talent up there, and I think the rotation's going to be fine. Uh, and I th- will actually, I'll say it, I love this rotation. You have guys, Mario Edwards, again, another player up front that's just finding key plays, keeping guys fresh, and it's a group effort up there. And I, I they all have their own strengths and their own weaknesses, but Chuck Pagano's done a good job of utilizing them, deploying them, and putting them in positions to succeed this year. So, yeah, like you, we're going to miss Roy Robson-Harris probably in Chicago now. Uh, watching his growth has always been fun, um, but unfortunate uh, that shoulder injury is going to have to end his season. All right, looking on down our list here, we need to talk about Kirk Cousins and uh, his turnovers. Uh, he's been really good at protecting the football since their bye week. Now, when I actually look at all you know all the wins for the Vikings, no turnovers uh, from Cousins. In their five losses of the season, 11 turnovers from Kirk Cousins. So this is obviously a big key. The Bears haven't been able on defense, though, to take the ball away to a high degree, only averaging one takeaway per game. That ranks 25th in the NFL. And interestingly enough, Cousins' only picks against the Bears do come at Soldier Field. So, Nick, can the Bears get Cousins into some trouble? I think they can, um, especially if Kirk Cousins is going to test Eddie Jackson. He's a guy that obviously uh, knows him, seen him for a while now. But look, the Bears, they like like the stats kind of reflect. They haven't gotten the the turnovers that um, this what we've seen in the past from this defense. But they've been in position well. They really have. It started with the very first drive against the Titans. Kyle Fuller should have had a pick six. He was right there on AJ Brown on the out route. On the big play in the middle of the field to A.J. Brown where Eddie Jackson misses a tackle, that's a play where Eddie Jackson, I'm really surprised he doesn't just break on the ball. Like, he sees the pass coming from Ryan Tannehill, but I don't know what was going through his head. He That's a pass I've seen Eddie Jackson intercept in the past. They've been in position. I think even Jalen Johnson was close to one as well. So they're in position, and it's Monday night. It's Kirk Cousins. It's at Soldier Field. Things happen, and it usually goes in the favor of the Bears. So it's definitely a possibility that this Bears can, this Bears defense can kind of change that narrative at least for a game come Monday night. So 
as long as they're in position, I'm going to take my chances with what this defense can do, is capable of doing, not what they haven't done. they got to show me something, though. But they obviously the turnovers aren't there, but they've been in position. I think at some point it's going to change in good fortune for the Bears' defense. Yeah, I mean, Cousins, too, at least historically speaking throughout his career, very fumble-prone. Only one fumble loss so far this season. But if you can get some pressure on him, there was one play, too, early on last week against the Lions where he had a ball that was knocked out around the same time he was putting that arm forward. It was close. Uh, he'll give you opportunities to find a way to take away this football. He had a couple throws, too, uh, that I was watching that were he just misses. Uh, and he gives some of these secondary players chances. Uh, the Lions weren't able to take them. But those are plays where he's throwing like deep to Thielen and you have a safety over the top that's coming from the middle of the field. I feel like Eddie Jackson can break on that ball. We've seen that. So I do believe that if they can play coverage like we know they can, you're going to at least get a chance or two. On top of that, probably even more important, it goes back to the one of our first points of defense, you're going to have to stop the run. Because if you don't stop the run, you're not going to get these chances. But if you can and you have to force the Vikings to use Cousins more than they want, that's when you start seeing some of these opportunities arise. And if they can just get some pressure, whether it be in the interior of the pocket or off these edges and just speed up his clock a little bit, he's just prone to making some of those bad decisions, uh, missing a defender throughout his read and just making a bad throw. Uh, Again, we've had some good success against him in that regard. So those are some ways I think the Bears can get it done and again I think the bigger key is stopping the run make Cousins beat you and then if so then I think your chances will exponentially get even higher to come away with a a takeaway or a couple key takeaways in this game anything else there Nick or on this defense before we move on to special teams yeah for some reason Will and I don't know if this is a weird itch that I have but I feel like Robert Quinn is going to have a game. There's a bunch of articles about him right now where he's been non-existent. And for some, yeah, I can't quite get the itch either, so it's kind of bothering me at this point. But I think Robert Quinn is, this is time. He needs to make an impact on this defense. And we talked talked about it. Uh, Kirk Cousins and, and Monday Night Soldier Field, all these things. For some reason, I'm feeling like one of those strip fumble sacks where he causes it, someone picks it up, runs it back. I don't know. It, it seems like it's right, and hopefully that itch is more is more than just an itch, and like this happens. But just wanted to put that out there because he's a he's a guy that, for what he's being paid, for what he's done in terms of production, doesn't add up. It doesn't add up whatsoever, and it, it's just not a good feeling to have knowing that this is your big ticket free agent signing. He hasn't amounted to anything, but hoping that Robert Quinn can do something in prime time against the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, uh, I think we all hope that they can uh, go ahead and uh, figure that one out. I'm actually doing some uh, quick math that you probably don't want me to do, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, Let's see. One more zero. You could have bought 3,700 PS5s for the same price that they're paying uh, Robert Quinn this year. That would have been a lot more fun. Yeah, I could play the new Spider-Man game. Apparently, they're sold out everywhere, though, so that's kind of disappointing. I do want to get that the new Spider-Man game at some point because I loved it. I love the first one, but that is yeah, that's a lot of PS5s, right? I mean, they're paying them uh, what eighteen point five as a cap hit this year, or all the cash. I would say not the cap hit, but the yearly cash he's getting eighteen and a half million, and he's had one sack, a couple pressures, some key pressures on which again, kudos, but. 
not nearly the impact that we're all hoping for. I hope you're right. Uh, he should have a lot of bulletin board material to hopefully get him revved up. Um, but unlike you, I don't have the itch. Uh, I just uh, have a big frustration with him, and hopefully he can get that sour taste uh, out of my mouth. I don't like thinking of players stealing money from us, but this is one of those guys as of right now. He's like, oh, you want to pay me that much? Yes, and I'm going <laughs> to retire. It's almost what it feels like uh, right now. But let's move on to special teams because I'm going to start getting a little red in the face and mad about this. It's a lot of money. Uh, not my money, but a lot of money. Uh, so special teams, Nick. Uh, we learned from our Meet the Opponent episode with Arif uh, that they're going to be potentially without their long snapper, which will be interesting. They also are coming off a game where they had two punts blocked. And, Nick, last week we felt like the Bears were pretty close to blocking a couple themselves. So to me, right, stars are aligning. This is something to potentially look out for. Is there anything else on special teams that we should be looking at? For me, that's the bigger one this week that's a little new, a little different, a little interesting uh, that I'll be watching out for. Yeah, so that's obviously the one I had in my notes, but Cordero Patterson playing his old team. He was asked about it today. He didn't really give too much thought into it. Like, um, it, it just, I guess, from Cordero Patterson's interview, he's just such an upbeat person. Like, he was asked about, well, hey, the production's not there in terms of what you're doing and stuff. He's like, well, you know what? I just look at it like, hey, it's another day to play football. He's just such an upbeat person, and um, I know he's looking forward to this matchup, and hopefully he gets an opportunity to get some uh, opportunities to just, again, maybe take one to the house. We haven't seen that really, but that's the big ones, though, Will. The Bears were close to a couple of punt blocks last week against the Titans. They just had two of them, the Vikings did, against the Lions. So, like you said, stars are aligning, and the Bears will take points or field position any freaking way they can take it. This would be a great way to do that with these punt blocks and you know, even if the Bears are at the one, it's still going to be a struggle to score, but it would definitely help them out. I was going to say, right, even if you get them inside the 10, you may end up just coming away with three. Or if you try to go on all four downs, you're probably giving <laughs> that thing back. So, yeah, no, it's, it's even if it's not a full-on block, if you just get a hand on it or a few fingers on it and they get something, you can have them shank. That helps flip field position, and I think field position in a game – like this is going to be key. And this Bears defense, offense, it needs all the help it can get. It, it can have every yard before they take the field as a blessing. I think we all know this, and uh, who knows? Maybe they can get a play uh, or two. Won't get too picky. I won't get uh, – I'll take one, and we'll see what they can do with it uh, for sure. But, Nick, let's move on, and let's talk about our Week 10 X factors here, starting with the Bears. Usually we don't – you know what? We always start this – the Bears offense and they're like the worst offense in the NFL let's flip it let's start with our best foot forward who's going to be your x-factor for the Chicago Bears defense yeah so Will I took the approach of not who but what's going to be the x-factor and I think in this one with the defense we and we talked about it we talked about it. I think turnovers is going to be huge in this one because recently since Atlanta, since for the Vikings, week six against Atlanta, where Kirk Cousins threw three interceptions, he hasn't turned the ball over since then. Four touchdown passes in the in the past two weeks against Green Bay and Detroit. Not not the biggest um, margin there of, of touchdowns, but he hasn't turned the ball over. And we know with coming with the Bears, that's that's not usually the case. And the Bears, like we just were talking about, they haven't created the turnovers to the degree that we've seen in the past, but they've been in position. So I think the X factor in this one for this Bears defense, can they get Kirk Cousins 
to look more like himself. And I think more like himself is creating those turnovers or, you know, causing those turnovers, whether it's fumbles or throwing interceptions in a primetime game on Monday night. I think that's the biggest X factor in this one because we know the offense struggles. So the defense literally has to do everything. And if that means score, then they have to do it. And the only way you can do that is with some turnovers. And I liked my chance with Dave Jackson, Khalil Mack with a strip sack fumble and someone else picking up and, and taking her heck Khalil Mack doing it himself. Just do everything. Um, I think that's going to be the X factor to put the bears in position to win. Can the bears defense create turnovers? That's a good X factor. I like how you're looking at a bigger picture. Maybe it was too difficult to identify one player um, as an X factor, but I got one. Uh, someone he's a he's a big guy, number ninety six, Akeem Hicks. If we're gonna slow down or hope, I'll say stop Dalvin Cook, uh, we need a strong performance from Hicks. Uh, he had himself a solid game last week. He had three run stops, uh, which are tackles that do end up as a loss for an offense that are on the ground. He also led the entire defensive line with four pressures on Ryan Tannehill, and we all know that. Some pressure on Cousins in the interior of the pocket helps our chances to Nick's X factor of getting some of those takeaways, getting some of those bad throws. Or, heck, I'll take a fumble. Uh, Looking at what Akeem Hicks has done against the Vikings over his last few games, uh, looking at 2018, Week 11, he had five run stops, five pressures, and a sack. Week 17, that same season, three run stops, three pressures, two sacks. 2019, he did miss the game, uh, both of them against the Vikings. We didn't play him. But in the first game where Dalvin Cook was, which this was kind of seeing like who was playing well up front against Dalvin Cook and helping us, helping us out, Nick Williams, who played in place of Akeem Hicks that game, also had himself a very good game. And I think he has a favorable matchup. He'll be drawing second-round rookie guard Ezra Cleveland, who he had actually switched from tackle to guard, and he looks every bit as a rookie. So this – it's a favorable mismatch up front. A big day from Hicks. I think will really help the Bears stop the run, maybe get after Cousins. And, Nick, my last line, perhaps get takeaways. So that's going to be my X factor. Again, Roquan, Danny Trevathan, they're very important to this as well. But if you can get something more out of Akeem Hicks or some of these uh, reminiscent performances of what he's done against the Vikings in the past in prime time, uh, we know how dominant that can be for this defense, how huge it can be uh, just for their morale, their energy, and everything that we need them to accomplish. 96 is a huge part of that. So that's why he's going to be my X factor. Switching things over to that Bears offense, Nick, are you looking at the same perspective of what the X factor is instead of who? It's got a little of both, actually, Will. So the X factor in this one offensively is going to be Nick Foles. Yes. In bigger picture, is really going to be the the confidence that he can play with in this game, and I think a utilization of the RPOs that I mentioned earlier in this show. And like I said, I was watching the NFC Championship game and just seeing how they beat, really destroyed this Vikings defense. It was really slowing things down. These RPOs that the Bears really don't even run anymore, but you know it's a part of their offense or whatever this offense is. But I think that really helped to assess what this defense was doing and to pick it apart little by little yes the Eagles had a far far better offensive line than what you're going to see on Monday night with the Bears but what I would like to see from Nick Foles like not every pocket's going to be perfect and there were pockets that were actually you could throw a ball from that Nick Foles had last week against Tennessee not 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 many but there were a few of them 
and still Nick Foles looked a little hesitant, looked a little off. Didn't the, the pass wasn't complete? I think of the third down and six, third down and six, third down and eight. Two. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Temper Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. Anthony Miller over the middle. You'll, you'll take that pocket. It wasn't the best, but you'll take it. The ball was off. So I think if Nick Foles can kind of show a little bit of that confidence and actually every single press conference interview, or, uh, you know, interview that they do throughout the week, always giddy, always has this upbeat nature about him, and you have to have that, especially with the season they're having. Well, let's see it kind of manifest itself on, on Monday night. I know it's not easy with the offensive line he has, but if Nick Foles plays confidently, they kind of implement some of those things that I was talking about with RPOs, I think you could have a successful day. We talked about the statistics earlier. The Vikings aren't an elite defense. No, By no means they're an elite defense. They could be thrown on and if Nick Foles can get these playmakers that we know the Bears have at the wide receiver position to utilize and maybe get some of those yards after catch that they currently aren't this season, I think you're you're setting yourself up to maybe have a big day in prime time, change the narrative a little bit. But it's really going to be confidence that Nick Foles can play with behind a makeshift off- offensive line and maybe utilizing some RPOs every now and then to get the most out of a quarterback that's supposed to be the answer. And obviously he hasn't been this season. That's a really good X factor. So good. I have the same one down in my notes. Uh, I really was thinking it's going to be offensive line, and it is. Um, But the sad reality is we have to accept what we have up front, and it's not pretty. um, But if we use that as an excuse, or even if the Bears use that as an excuse each and every week, uh, A, it's going to get real repetitive, and B, you're already setting yourself up for failure. You have to find a way to overcome uh, the issues that we are having up front. Uh, with no David Montgomery this week, or uh, even if he was here, the lack of running game, it's putting all the weight on number nine shoulders right now. And uh, I talked about this last week, how he kind of has to be like the conductor out there, you know, like uh, conducting the orchestra and getting the ball to his playmakers. And he's going to have to make some quick decisions. He's going to have to, you know, find the right read. And we've seen that most of the time, but there's some times where he's a little slow to deliver. There's times where he's taking some bad sacks that are killing drives, and we can't have any of those negative plays because we know just how much of a backbreaker they are to this offense. And again, uh, he can't turn the ball over. He can't take those sacks, and we're going to live or die by his ability to find ways to the to succeed or not to succeed with this depleted offensive line. And Matt Nagy's part of this equation. Help him move the pocket, do some misdirection, get him some nice, easy throws, and scheme guys to block downfield or do something to help out. Uh, Or on top of that, too, ball placement's huge. Uh, When I was watching, uh, even last week, uh, the Vikings and the Lions, both Stafford and Kirk Cousins on these crossing routes over the middle of the field do such a good job of putting that ball forward in front of the receiver so they can continue to run to it keep some of that separation and then turn up field you don't see that a lot in Chicago you see it right on the money or a little bit behind and just that half a step to slow down and catch it is enough in the NFL for guys to recover and make some of those open field tackles so uh, Nick Foles is the big one here like you said x-factor and we're gonna live or die by his ability he may have to chuck it 50 times a game uh, again this week 
And I don't think we want that, but it's our reality, and he's going to have to find ways to uh, make those touches meaningful and those passes uh, effective. Uh, So definitely Nick Foles is, I think, the obvious X factor uh, for us this week. But uh, speaking of X factors, Nick, obviously the real X factors are those that make a huge difference to both of us, and that's our listeners that supported our show with their generous donations. You want to let people know how to support our show, and I think we have – Uh, at least one shout out that I know of uh, this week uh, to kind of give away. I don't have any, so people need to help me out on PayPal so I can do some shout outs because you do the Venmo ones, but uh, take it away, Mr. Moriano. Yes, so we do have a shout out for this week and it's courtesy of Mason West who, if you've followed our podcast for a while, you know Mason West's uh, uh, team rehabilitation in Barrington, Illinois. He is a physical therapist there. And just to give you a little bit more about, again, Mason West and his facility at Team Rehabilitation Barrington, Illinois, um, they emphasize hands-on therapy while maximizing performance by increasing strength and muscle activation. Whether it goes to play pickup basketball, which may look a little different now with quarantine, um, or just to even, you know, compete on your college team, Team Rehab can really help you to reach your goals. They see everything post-surgical, nagging pain. I have nagging pain in my foot. I should really go see Mason, <laughs> to be completely honest. Um, entry prevention, uh, performance enhancements in all ages, such as a 10-year-old gymnast to a 6-year-old runner. Mason West is a former collegiate wrestler and a lacrosse player who combines his passion for sport and rehab into one package. You can contact Mason at 224 512 7200 or find him on Instagram at dr.masonwest underscore sports PT to begin your journey to be the best athlete you can be. So shout out to you, Mason, for just being the awesome person that you are. And I should probably schedule that. That some I don't know what's up with my foot, Will, but it needs to get looked at at some point. But for people that want to get a shout out on the next podcast, here's how you can make that happen. You can send us a donation through Venmo or PayPal. Send it through PayPal so Will can, you know, give some shouts on this right. next one. And so how you can do that through PayPal is www.chicagoaudible.com slash PayPal. Or if you want me to give the shout out, you can do it on Venmo at the Chicago Audible. Should see my name, should see the Chicago Audible logo. And again, one last time, PayPal is www.chicagoaudible.com slash PayPal. Venmo at the Chicago Audible. And every donation that we get, it helps to make this show run to happen, whether from technology to the software to, to the streaming services. That's what these donations are used for. Um, I know, Will, like we were talking about, hey, like the, the Senior Bowl may be coming up. Maybe that's a possibility. We'll have to see how that kind of happens. But that's what all these donations kind of go to. It makes this show the best that it can be and to give you a product that you guys come each and every week to to listen to to watch and so we're really thankful for all the donations we have and we hope you guys get a shout out on this next podcast absolutely thank you so much mason for your donation this week um and of course looking forward to some paypal donations coming through uh, that way next week i get a couple of shout outs uh, on my side of things as well but, Nick, getting back to the task at hand, it's time to look at some of our back-breaking matchups here for this Bears-Vikings game. And I like doing things a little backwards today because we've been very offense-forward all season long. So let's go ahead and look at the defensive backbreaker, which comes from me. And I'm going to go with, uh, yeah, you guessed it, Roquan Smith versus Dalvin Cook. Uh, this is just another big test for the inside linebackers. Roquan 
all over the field last week. Did a great job to help contain Derrick Henry. He wasn't alone. Good effort from the whole front seven. But the task gets harder this week with Cook, as we know, because Cook, he's more dynamic as a, as a receiver than Henry is. And now I say that, and then I was looking into uh, Cook as receiver this year, and he hasn't been used as much as I thought. Only 19 targets on a year. That's 33rd of running backs. Yeah, but he's been super effective uh, with those touches. He ranks 5th with 12.6 yards per catch and 13th in Yak with 202, with over half of that coming in his last two games. Uh, it comes from some good concepts uh, where, like I mentioned, maybe the Bears would like to learn from this is where they get a little rub um, on the linebacker in coverage with a receiver who's also running a crossing route uh, to kind of open up some space. And Cook, on top of that, has the speed to either make a guy miss or just honestly run away, but not from Roquan. Roquan's fast, and he can't just run away um, from number 58. Uh, so, yeah, on top of that, I want to mention that Roquan, he's actually led the NFL since week seven. Uh, with 26 tackles and 17 run stops himself. And he also allows the seventh lower, lowest passer rating of all linebackers in that span. Roquan's been playing some really good ball. We're going to need it again this week. And then a subset matchup inside of this one, it's not just Roquan Smith versus Dalvin Cook. It's Roquan Smith versus Dalvin Cook and the guy in front of him, and that's Ham. i got to watch out for that fullback. I know, Nick, on the last podcast, you said you like Ham for Thanksgiving. This is not the Ham I'm talking about. They have a guy, their fullback in Ham, really good blocker. A lot of Cook's production comes from right behind him, having some patience. Ham gets right through the offensive line, gets right into the face of a linebacker, blows him out of the play, and then it's off to the races, or you at least get four or six yards before the safeties come in to save the day. So for me, if Roquan, and I heck, let's just throw in Danny Trevathan here. If the inside linebackers can take care of Ham or be able to blow him up or just get off of that block and make sure he doesn't spring some holes in the middle of the field, that's going to really help the Bears out. So Roquan Smith versus Dalvin Cook is my number one backbreaker, but I do think that this fullback Ham is someone that is uh, sneaky good uh, with his impact super underrated and just watch out for him when he's on the field because Dalvin Cook's more than likely running right uh, right wherever he's going follow the line and you'll watch Dalvin Cook follow so for me that's going to be my backbreaker this week on defense Nick for you what's the backbreaking offensive matchup yeah so I have Nick Foles versus Harrison Smith and maybe that's the mo- not the most traditional kind of back-breaking matchup but when you see Harrison Smith he's a guy that likes to creep up to the line of scrimmage and there could be some heavy boxes and really maybe for the Vikings they just don't respect the Bears run game enough to where they don't even have to have that but Harrison Smith is a very active player for his Vikings defense and one of the only remaining guys in the secondary from even a season ago but Foles needs to use his veteran experience and take charge and whether it's maybe audibling a play when he sees that hey Harrison Smith is coming in the box I know we're trying to run with whatever running back we have back there maybe we can change it up a bit so I think Nick Foles and that's why I have him as my x-factor he's gonna play a pivotal role in this game look why I say call an audible we know Matt Nagy's plays aren't working we know that Nick Foles knows this offense take control Let's see that happen when you see defense. What whatever the defense is showing you, again, this is the same defense that Mike Zimmer was playing in 2017, just three years later. Now different players on it, but a lot of the concepts are going to be similar. Yes, they implement new things every now and again. And if you haven't listened to our Meet the Opponent episode, Arif Hassan gave a great rundown of exactly what the Vikings are doing now. Maybe that they haven't done in years past. You definitely go do so, but. 
I like what maybe Nick Foles can do to maybe manipulate Harrison Smith. Again, referencing that NFC Championship game, RPOs did a, a wonder on just freezing him and then throwing right behind a Harrison Smith. So this is a matchup I'm going to be looking out for. We, we all come to know number 22 in that secondary for the Vikings. Let's not let him have an impactful day against Nick Foles in this Bears offense, but that's a matchup I'll be watching out for. That's a, that's a good one there, Nick. That's a, that's, a, that's a really good matchup, and obviously Harrison Smith has uh, given us fits throughout the years, and finding any way to calm him down a bit or negate his impact, uh, that's going to be huge. Uh, so that's a really good matchup. But now it's time to boil things down and to find out who has the edge. And, yeah, we're sticking defense first. So, Nick, uh, you're up to bat. Bears run defense versus the Vikings running offense. This is the biggest one uh, to talk about in this game, and we're going to start right off with it. Who has the edge? Who? Oh, man, Will. Uh, this is a tough one, and, I, man, it's almost a 50-50. But what the Bears showed me last week against Derrick Henry – and I'm putting all the factors into the equation to where it's Monday night, it's the Vikings, the Bears, Soldier Field. I'm going to give the slight edge to the Bears, and that's just not being biased. I know, it's it's crazy. And I know it's the NFL leading rusher in Dalvin Cook, but he hasn't had success against the Bears. He's only played them three times since 2017. I uh, just want to put that out there. But he hasn't had that much success. I think this Bears defense is getting better because you look at even what they did last week against Tennessee there's there's a couple big plays in those games that has led to points and that's why the Bears gave that up but overall what they did to stop Henry just playing defense in general they did a good job and I think it's only going to get better so I'm taking the Bears slight edge to them look they may have a good number of yards rushing but I think when it comes down to it you could say hey the Bears defense did their job against Dalvin Cook it's not going to look anything like it did against Green Bay or Detroit. I'll definitely say that. But they're going to do their job against Dalvin Cook. All right. I like it. Again, I'm skeptical just because every time we get a little bit confident in that ability, they let us down in a big way. Uh, And I'm hopeful that this is the week where I'm saying it, and then comes Monday, Monday night, they show up again, and I can say, hey, they they proved me wrong a little bit. I would love to be – again, I don't think – like you, I don't think he's going to have his – big as a performance if you can have a three-peat we're in a like we're in a world of hurt we're in trouble um but i don't think it'll be uh, to that degree uh getting over to mine bears passing defense versus that vikings passing attack and for me if the bears can't stop the vikings on the ground then we won't really see too much Kirk cousins only 17 attempts per game during this little win streak that they have they've been very calculated though with those passing attempts with really good success 11.2 yards per attempt which is the most over the last two weeks for any quarterback in the nfl uh kirk cousins also has a pass rating over 146 which is the second highest in that span too it's the games where he's had to throw more like 25 or more passes that really get him into trouble that's where we see sort of uh some of those poor decisions come into play that's where pressure really starts to mount and i do think the bears have the matchups in terms of their secondary and their linebackers to make things difficult for cousins if he does have to stand back and pass it so to me as i said earlier in the show it will depend on the bears ability to stop the run because again if we're gonna have to face finally a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. 
For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. The calm, cool, collected Cousins who only has to throw it a handful of times, he's probably going to find ways to pick and dink and doink or just get some really key throws in this game. But if he's asked to stand back and throw time in and time out and the Bears can find a little bit of a pass rush, I have faith that we can find ways to limit him. And honestly, Nick, there is a reason why the Bears allow the second lowest completion percentage and the fourth lowest lowest passer rating out of any defense so far this season. So for that, I'm going to give the edge to the Chicago Bears here. Switching over to the offense, Nick, I'll let you go first. Bears passing offense versus that Vikings passing defense. Yeah, Will, you, you said doink, and I almost lost it for a second. My bad. Uh, just with everything with the – yeah, no, you're good. Um, the Bears passing offense, look, it's been pretty non-existent. And even though this Vikings defense has given up some yards in the past, um, I just don't know if that offensive line, especially if it's the same exact one that we saw last week against Tennessee – can really get the most out of it in in meaningful time. Not this garbage time that the Bears have been able to, you know, kind of go down the field, score some points, get some yards. I'm talking about when the game's actually close, when it matters. Like, that's what Detroit was doing last week when the score was out of hand. And you can look at the stats like, okay, the Vikings defense maybe did a little worse than what it should have done or whatever. I don't think that's going to be the case again. Well, I'm going to give it, even though the Vikings haven't been stellar, in this aspect of passing defense, I'm going to give them the edge. Um, unless they do exactly what I was saying with Nick Foles and playing confidently and doing all that stuff, I'm going to go with the Vikings on this one. Well, I don't blame you. Uh, to say the least, I don't blame you. For me, I'm looking at the Bears rushing attack versus that Vikings run defense. Just looking at this Vikings run defense, it's probably the strength of this unit. They do allow about the same yards per attempt that the Bears do, 4.2, which is 12th fewest in the NFL. They allow about 125 yards per game on the ground on average, which is average, middle of the pack. But they've also actually done a pretty decent job, a little bit better over the last couple of weeks as well. Uh, and on top of that, it's just the Bears' inability to do it, right? 31st in attempts, 29th in yards per attempt, and 32nd in yards per game on the <laughs> ground. And without potentially David Montgomery, uh, we already know about the offensive line. Uh, the defensive line is probably going to have their day against us. On top of that, you have guys like linebacker Eric Kendricks uh, from Minnesota who's going to make it really hard between the tackles. Harrison Smith, you talked about him too. He's a huge uh, dominant X factor for this defense. He's a strong safety and run support. It it doesn't take a lot uh, to stop the Bears. I'm sure uh, this one won't nearly be as difficult as uh, for the Vikings. Uh, So for this reason, it's going to go to the Vikings for the edge here. Uh, Again, the Bears are literally dead last in the NFL. Vikings should easily be able to figure out how to stop the Bears with uh, with or without David Montgomery. Uh, the Vikings get the edge here. All right, Nick, time to enter the final portion of our Week 10 preview and hand out some of our weekly predictions. So for our opening segment of this final portion of the show, of course, it is our bold prediction. So what's going to be your Bears-Vikings bold prediction, Nick? Yeah, well, you were close with yours last week with Derrick Henry, so I want to take the same approach with this one. And just to kind of rehash what we were saying earlier in this this episode, Dalvin Cook has not had a lot of success against the Bears. 86 total yards and one touchdown in three games versus the Bears since 2017. 
most productive day, like Will said, week 17 in 2018, had 39 yards rushing on 11 attempts. That's rushing the most productive day. He's currently, obviously, the, the NFL's leading rusher, but my bold prediction, he will only have 50 yards rushing in this game. And 50 on the dot, no, not 51, 52. Bold prediction, he's going to end the game 50 yards rushing and no touchdowns. All right, hey, I like it. Very similar to where I went, like you said, last week. Uh, and I was close, and hopefully you're close too, because if you are, we stand a chance. Uh, no doubt about that one. For me, my bold prediction, I'm going to do a two-touchdown and a 125-yard day for Allen Robinson. We need something like that. Uh, so for me, uh, I do think we have favorable matchups in the secondary. Allen Robinson, of course, being the most productive, most targeted Bears receiver that we have. We're going to throw it a ton. So 125 yards, two touchdowns for A-Rob. Uh, a big day for him as his quest to, uh, I was going to say, get a long-term deal. Who knows if it's here in Chicago, unfortunately. But uh, he needs a big day, and uh, I would love to see one out of him. And I think there's matchups there. Now, will everything come to fruition? I don't know. Um, but that's why it's a bold prediction and not me just saying it's going to happen. Uh, so that's going to be mine. Moving on, Nick, let's uh, predict who is going to be our MVB. Who do you think your Week 10 MVB will be? Yeah, I, you know, I know I said this Bears passing attack probably won't have a good day against a Vikings defense that is vulnerable, but I think it will be Nick Foles. If the Bears have a chance in this one, he's going to do just enough. I'm not saying he's going to put up stellar stats, but when you look at it offensively, where is this going to come from? You talked about it. Well, there, there needs to be throws that give these oppor- give these receivers opportunities to get yards after catch. Foles has that accuracy, no doubt. But it starts with him, I think, just playing with a little bit more confidence and really the, the scheme of things from Matt Nagy to fit on this Monday night to really work well for Nick Foles. And I think we'll, we'll ho- hopefully, hopefully be positive um, with the direction maybe he's playing. Yes, he had his best statistical game. Um or 300 yard game and no interceptions last week maybe he can build off that so i'm thinking the mvb when it all comes down to the end of this game will be nick Foles. all right you're on the Foles train today i don't know what it is i think i should i shouldn't have watched that damn nfc championship game i'm going to tell you that right he just looked like a completely different guy i wish i didn't watch it but it's stuck in my head now it, 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 apparently so apparently so for me my mvb choice i'm going to go with roquan smith uh, we mentioned, uh, at least he was my uh, back-breaking matchup for this Bears defense. And on top of that, he's just been playing at an all-pro level, both in coverage. Uh, he's been a force against the run, both uh, between the tackles, along the edges, sideline to sideline, turning into the player that we've all been waiting for. And I think patience is starting to pay off here. I think, Nick, your bold prediction, Roquan, if it comes true, plays a big part in it. And if we can limit... Dalvin Cook with Roquan's help, both as a receiver and on the ground, put the ball back to Kirk Cousins. I think it just really would uh, be an easy one to point at Roquan as a big reason why we won the game. Uh, so for that reason, I wouldn't be surprised if he's the MVP. He was my MVP last week, so he's going to go for uh, a back-to-back performance here. Uh, so we'll see how that kind of turns out. But, Nick, let's get into our game picks, of course. At the end of the year, one of us is going to have to wear Vikings Packers, Lions gear, all of it. Nice little hodgepodge. Go around the city of Chicago, uh, take some photos, look like a like a goof. I'll be the word I use on the podcast. 
And yeah, it's not going to be fun. And I don't want it to be me. Unfortunately, right now I'm in the seat for it. I'm at five and four. You're in six and three. Uh, so I took my shot against the Saints. Almost darn near won that one. Uh, so we would we could have been flipped, but we're not. So I can't uh, relish in that fact just yet. But who are you going to choose for this game? And uh, and what's going to be the final score? Yeah, well, I, I changed this about an hour before the podcast, and I, I don't know what really prompted me to change this, but I did. I'm going with the Bears. I'm going with the Bears to win this game 17-13. to 13. And look, uh, go read, if you haven't already, Arif Hassan's article. It's, his, it's titled, Can Dalvin Cook Win MVP? Why is it so tough at Soldier Field? Just reading that, the Vikings are 3-15 and 15 on the road against the Bears since 2002 the vikings also play a touchdown worse than normal at soldier field for some reason it's gonna play out to where the bears are going to win this game it's maybe it's not the, it's not gonna be a confident victory but it's going to be one where they at least they get in the win column after three weeks of being taking these l's so 17 13 bears monday night football at soldier field i i, I really don't have a better explanation of what's happened in the past and hopefully that trend continues. But 17, 13 Bears. Okay. I'm torn because it's like I could try to tie it up here, but if I go down two, I'm almost sealing my fate. <laughs> if, and if they're only at the bye. Oh, man. Do it, Will. Uh, Do it. You, you, just want to, you, just, you feel that good about your pick. Man, I'm, I'm torn. I have – if it went either way, because I'm, I'm on the point of brink either way. Like I'm 50-50. This game – it really depends. I feel like I'll go with the Bears, A, because I have a long season, not a long season, I have some weeks ahead of me, and i got to pick this strategically whenever I do try to at least tie you back up. And B, it's really hard to lose four games in a row in the NFL. It really is. And we talked about it. Kirk Cousins has never won on Monday night. The Vikings are really bad. You had the stat from 2002. Uh, going back to 2000, they're 4-16. and 16 at soldier field so it's just history is on our side here if we at least choose the bears uh, dalvin cook and his struggles kurt cousins is in his as well and don't forget uh matt Nagy has not lost to the vikings yet he hasn't lost to the lions either right? his only divisional losses come against uh, unfortunately green bay so i'll give it to the bears but if they win it's like one of those ugly games i have 10 6 like it's going to be one of those types of nights uh, because it's just really the Bears' offense. Like it's going to have to be the Bears' defense to keep things to an absolute minimum, and this Bears' offense is going to have to squeak out as many points as they can. And what kind of worries me about that is that the Vikings have given up a lot of yards, but they're a top six red zone defense this year, and it plays right into our hands because the Bears have not been able to sustain drives, and they're not able to really succeed in the red zone. Last week the Bears were two of fifteen on third down. That's thirteen percent. And that was against the NFL's worst third-down defense. The Vikings on defense, they're ranked sixth in the NFL on third down. So I don't like those odds. Bears are going to struggle to move the ball. They're going to struggle to reach the red zone. They're going to struggle to punch it in. So if the defense can just give up field goals or one score, that that's about it. If they give up more than that, uh, this is going to be a tough matchup here for us this week. So for me... 10-6 to six in a really ugly, low-scoring type of game that by the time we get on, we're going to just be happy we survived. Uh, so we'll, we'll be even after this week regardless, but I hope, both hope 
that we are right. But, Nick, how confident are you in this game? I told you I was at about 50-50, so since I gave the Bears a win, I'm going to go with a 5.1. Okay, yeah, so yeah, you're just right above there. Um, I got a 6.2 for this one. Um, like, again, just given what has happened between these two teams in the past, and look, honestly, how the Bears are playing right now, it should be the Vikings that – looking at the the two teams at this point right now the vikings should win but i i don't know but like i can't really give an explanation of 6.2 but it's 6.2 and even before we started this podcast went live well we were saying man it's probably going to be a long night on monday it's just gonna it's it's just setting up to be one of those kind of games and if it's your type of game and the bears do win i'm grateful but man that's gonna be a long one i hope we do see a little bit more scoring but i'll go with the 6.2 in my confidence meter for this one. May I ask, how did you change the outcome of the game and talk yourself into a 6.2 all within an hour? Did you watch the NFC Championship game like an hour before the show? Is that what happened here? Yeah, that's what it was. So uh, I should have done it, and I don't know even, like it just came to me. I think it was like one of the YouTube videos to watch, and it just appeared on there, and I, I watched it, and I watched it for too long, and I saw Alshon Jeffrey catch touchdowns. I'm like, what am I doing here? And... That's how I came to change my game pick, change my confidence meter, and have the Bears winning this one because of an NFC Championship game three years ago now. Okay, what's the Magic 8-Ball say? Will the Bears win or lose? Ask it if the Bears will win. Yeah, that's a good question. Will the Bears win on Monday night? Oh, oh we got to twist it around here. Yes. <laughs> I just, okay, so wow, this thing is awesome. I was gonna say, like, we got. It's almost like we have to have like like another competition. You versus me versus the Magic Eight Ball this year. We're not gonna beat this thing. This thing knows everything. So, uh, wow, it's just a very definitive one-word answer. Yes, I. All right, we know what's happening. Why even watch the game? We right, can just do the we'll just show now. We'll just may as well just do the post-game show now and this. Declare the stats later and everything. Yeah. Yeah. All set. But yeah, no, I'm sitting there 5.1. It's really going to matter. Dalvin Cook. And again, I don't think this Bears offense is going to score a lot of points. So it's really the defense needs to play at an elite level all game long, is what it's going to have to take. Did you ask it another question? Well, I. Again, I just shook. I didn't ask it anything, but the next answer was very doubtful. So we got the right one in the yes, though. That's what, that's what counts. There we go. I was like, <laughs> what's that face for? What's that face for? But all right, any final thoughts? Again, uh, for me, it's unfortunately, Nick, it's going to have to be a game where the defense almost plays perfect uh, just because it's offense with all of its struggles against this Vikings defense that's so good in the red zone, so good on third down, an offense that struggles against the worst defenses in those regards. I don't know how I can have – uh, a lot of confidence in them to succeed on Monday night uh, to a adequate degree. <laughs> so it's going to have to be a lot of the weight on, on the defense is kind of how I want to summarize things up here. Yeah, I really don't have anything elegant to say. I just hope, you know, since there's not any fans, obviously, at this Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere. With most standard algorithm, in the order it was received, please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. Stadium, I hope we hear one of the defensive guys on the Bears say, you like that, and it just picks up and we get to hear that replayed over and over again. That'd be 
hilarious uh, and great soundbite. Akeem, maybe, I think Akeem Hicks would be, he likes to growl at people, so he might not get actual words from Akeem Hicks, but if someone says, you like that, I might lose it. So that's all I got for, for my final, wrapping up final thoughts here. Hey, if he growls, we can just subtitle it as so. You <laughs> That'd be perfect. We gotta we gotta make sure we're, we're watching out for that then. Watch out for the growls. Yeah, I have nothing further. I thought you know we hit on all the key points throughout this week, and honestly, I just want to let everyone know. I hope that you enjoyed the show. That you feel more prepared for this Monday night game. And if you like the show and you haven't yet, please review it on Apple Podcast to help us reach more Bears fans just like you. Both Nick and I would really appreciate reading some more of those as they come in. Always put a smile uh, on our faces, and uh, it's always super. Uh, appreciated. We'll be back as soon as the final whistle blows on Monday night. But until then, have a great weekend. And of course, bear down, Chicago. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com.